0: This is episode 43 of Bella in Your Business. Welcome to Bella in Your Business, where Bella will discuss anything and everything about your pet sitting business to help you land on target. So get ready. Bella's got your shoot. Let's jump. Welcome to Bella in Your Business. My name is Bella with Jump Consulting. And today I've got a really interesting topic for you. I want you to think back to when you had a client who lost a pet, or maybe even perhaps yourself. Do you remember that feeling of being beside yourself and you just have no idea what to say, what to do, what kind of sympathy card to give them, what kind of flowers to send? It's just a really helpless feeling, right? Well, today's guest is Wendy Vanderpool, and she's a pioneer leader in the field of pet loss grief support. She's dedicated to providing a safe place for her clients to express their grief over the loss of their pets. And amongst many other things, Wendy's also going to explain to us how we can help support our clients and how she can help support us. So Wendy,
1: thank you for being on the show today. Oh, thank you, Bella. I'm really excited to be here. So
0: why don't you start out and just give us a background. Tell us a little bit more, fill in the blanks. How did you get started on this and what exactly is a pet loss grief coach?
1: It's kind of interesting how I got started with this. I'm an animal communicator and animal medium as well. And so I've been talking to animals on the energetic level since I've been five years old. And I always found myself, no matter where I was, when somebody lost a pet in my neighborhood or a friend, I was there for them. I love what I do. It's And people ask me oftentimes, how can you do this? It's so depressing. I don't find it depressing. It's just a gift. Animals give us so much. And by helping people get in touch with their grief, they actually build a deeper bond. So that's very exciting for me. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's really exciting. And so how I became a certified end of life and pet loss grief coach is there's nothing there out there really to get certified. So I'm also a life coach. And my teacher also for continuing ed, he designed a special program for me for end of life and loss. So he certified me as his first pet loss, grief and end of life coach for pets. And so that's how I became a professional. So I work with people all over the world. I've written a ton of books on the subject. And it's something that I've been put on this planet basically to do. That's incredible.
0: So what exactly is a pet loss grief coach? So is it immediately when it happens? Is it years after it happens? Is there a time limit to it? And do you talk with explain what that is?
1: Well, it all depends, Bella. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it all depends on who we are, who my cl- you know who calls me, what stage they're in. Uh-huh. Even if they're a veterinarian or a dog walker, pet sitter, it all depends. So it ranges from when people get the news that their pet is going to die. And they don't know what to do. That's why my book is titled, you know, my dog is, my cat is dying. What do I do? Because that's an actual question I get in email or on a phone call. Yeah, And even, you know, I've had pet professionals, people that are emergency vets that will say, oh my gosh, you know, I've had to euthanize six animals today. What am I going to do? How am I going to get through this? Yeah. So a pet loss grief coach, no matter what stage you're in, whether it's new or 20 years old, your grief, it's helping people to make their own decisions, to become empowered by their journey. And my job is to guide people with that. It's a coach approach. So I'm not a psychologist, so I'm not going to be there to fix things for people. Uh I'm going to help people discover their goals, discover what a normal grief is, and how they can move forward.
0: I love that. You're kind of like showing them a roadmap. It sounds like.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's a journey. Yeah. That's incredible. I hold hands with these people. No uh-huh. matter who they are and I walk the journey with them.
0: I love that. It's beautiful. What's the first thing as a pet professional, you know, my, my audience is dog walkers, pet sitters, yeah. dog groomers, dog trainers. What is something that we can do when our client gets the news that their pet has a terminal illness? Because essentially. From what I'm hearing you say, you know, the stages are grief. There's many of them. And oh, yeah. the grief kind of starts when their pet might still be alive. Is, is that right. right? Like walk oh, me through yes. that.
1: Yes. And the thing that can happen here is because we're pet professionals and in your audience in particular, you're not only developing a relationship with your human client, you're also developing your own special bond with the pet that has terminal illness, let's say, let's start yes. there. Okay. It's not an easy thing because right. you have, you're you not only dealing with the grief and the news, the, the crazy news, the shock of your client, your human client, but you're also dealing with your own shock of getting that news that your dog or cat or snake or bird that you've been taking care of is not going to be in your life in three weeks or 10 weeks, whatever. But the first thing you can do to help your clients is not try to fix them Uh and to learn what normal grief is also to learn what to say, because we can say some things that we mean well, but it can really trigger grief. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing. The pet
0: professional would learn what to say to them. Okay. Yes, exactly. And understand that the grief is starting right then and there when they get that diagnosis. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so when the pet does die, what's the first thing that a pet professional can do to help them? I mean, our instinct is always to jump to flowers or candies or some memorial. I've heard some pet sitters cutting the pet's hair and making a Christmas ornament out of it. Yeah. I mean, I've heard all kinds of things in the years I've been in the industry as a coach, what would you suggest we do?
1: I think those are all wonderful ideas. Uh, you know, a sympathy card, a phone call, a special gift. Uh-huh. The acknowledgement, is that what's important? Yeah, uh, yeah. An yeah. acknowledgement of the client's feelings. Yes. And even what is really cool, you can always send, you know, sympathy card a year later at the anniversary of the death of the pet. Could that
0: backfire at all? I'm thinking some clients, like, it could send them into a tizzy. Or do you think it's better
1: than not doing it? Well, it shows that you care. Uh Uh-huh. The meaning behind it. Yeah. And it is a beautiful gesture. Mm -hmm. The one thing as a pet sitter is, I'm not saying all, but some pet sitters may not be trained in grief. Right. Yeah. A lot of us aren't. Yeah, Right. So it's not a good idea to feel like you have to take care of your client. Right. So speak from your heart, which matters. That's good. Be authentic. Yeah, be authentic. Exactly. I mean, down the road, say this client, you send a sympathy card or a remembrance card a year later and you haven't had them as a client. They're going to remember you. Right. So (laughs) as far as a business growth or this is a wonderful way to keep your clients current that you're available right and when so many people
0: do say we go above and beyond we do those little things we pay attention to detail this is another way that you could pay attention to detail you know maybe have a pet grief loss one year remembrance calendar just right next to your pet birthday calendars that some people have i like that that's a really i've never heard Mm -hmm. that before and Mm -hmm. that's fantastic Mm -hmm. Okay, Wendy, I'm going to take a quick short commercial break, but when we come back, I'd love to hear about things that you shouldn't do and say. We'll be right back. Want to get yourself or your staff pet first aid CPR certified, but don't know how? Gone are the days of having to take off a day of work just to go sit in a classroom. Take it online. Pro Pet Hero is a veterinarian trained program given in modules that test your knowledge of the material at the end of each section. Pro Pet Hero can even give you a certificate to show all your clients and post it on your website. Imagine future clients being drawn to you because of your extensive knowledge. Sign up today, www.jumpconsulting.net forward slash CPR. That's jumpconsulting.net forward slash CPR. Use coupon code CPR-PetSitter for 10% off. And we're back with Wendy. Wendy is amazing, and she is just shedding so much light on the, I don't want to call it a problem, Wendy, but the challenge that we have as pet care professionals when one of our four-legged clients pass away and how to memorialize and remember and support our two-legged client throughout that. So, Wendy, you were just giving us some really great tips on what things we should do when this whole process of grief starts, when we get the terminal diagnosis and then after the pet dies what are some things we absolutely shouldn't do or some myths that we could stay away from?
1: And this is gonna sound really weird. Two things that are really very common, but very well-meaning, but can definitely trigger somebody's grief is not to give advice, not to say, let me tell you what I did after my blank died, after my cat died, or when this client's dog died, let me tell you what they did. It seems supportive, but when somebody is in grief, it's very overwhelming and it's very chaotic as we've all probably have experienced. And this can actually set up some resentment and feelings of guilt. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. So even though it's well-meaning, it can be a very strong trigger. And as pet lovers, as we all are, we mean well by this because we want to help. But it can increase feelings of anxiety, guilt, hopelessness, and being overwhelmed because that person might not be doing what you did. Mm -hmm. And we have to understand that pet loss grief is unique Mm -hmm. to the pet owner, the pet person. I hate to say the word pet owner, but pet (laughs) parent. Yeah, pet Pet parent. parent, It slips out sometimes. It's okay. You know, we need to understand that everybody's relationship with their animal is different and unique. So even though, like, say I was a dog walker and I heard the news and I say, oh my gosh, let me just tell you what I did for my dog when they had cancer. Right. I did this and this and this and this and this. Well, that person might not have done what you have done. So that then can trigger some new feelings of grief, like guilt. Oh my God, my pet sitter right. is better than me.
0: Right. I love that example. I think that each one of us listening to you right now, Wendy, can think back of a time in our own life where we've experienced grief. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a pet dying. You made me think back to when I had a premature baby and she survived and she did great. But I had a lot of people telling me about their experiences and what they did. And it's just the last thing you want to hear when you are working through grief stages. And you're so right. Everyone always means well. But I think if we could be a little more empathetic, and aware of how our words might be received, that's definitely one thing to stay away from. Unless they're asking for, do you have any ideas on how, you know? exactly. But just, just kind of empowering them to own the feelings and the frustration and the fear and the denial and the anger, all those stages of grief, you know? I love
1: that. Wendy, that's fantastic. Yeah. And there's also another one and this might blow your mind a little bit. <laughs>
0: blow it. I'm ready.
1: Okay. I'm so sorry to hear that. We mm-hmm. all say that with a person or even an animal dies. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yep. That's a very popular one. Yes. And one that gets a lot of, really? You're kidding me. Yeah. Simple fact. It's not the person's fault uh-huh that their dog died and right. reached the end of life like if we say i'm sorry to hear that we didn't cause that death i know right. that sounds like a point but again it can set up that little it's not really supportive because yes. when we hear that as people we think oh my god i made that person feel sad yes. so i'm gonna have to take care of them
0: yes yes <laughs> you feel, you feel even more of a burden. I more
1: of a burden. Yeah. yeah. So a more compassionate and helpful thing is to say, I'm so sorry to hear that your dog, your cat, your hamster, your snake died. Validate it. Right. Would you like me to listen to what you are feeling? And then just Ooh. listen, because it will create a safe place for your client. I love that. That's beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's so right. I mean, how many of us, we always do that or especially on Facebook, two people are like, can I get prayers for this? And we just so haphazardly say things, you know? Oh, the dog died. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Prayers. So sorry. Prayers. But it's like, (laughs) it just doesn't mean anything anymore, you know?
1: It doesn't. It really doesn't. So if you
0: were to shoot a PM, like, because, I mean, this a lot of this communication happens on Facebook. I mean, that's the way the world. And if you got a private PM that said, Wendy, I'm so sorry to hear that your pet died. Let me know if you'd like me to listen to how you feel about that, you know, or, or
1: mm-hmm. are those the words that you said? Did I say that right? I would take out sorry and put sad or sad. sending you, you know, I have compassion for what you're going through. Uh-huh. You know, words like that, compassion, sad, leave out sorry, leave out I understand. Yes. Because we don't really understand what that person's going through because we're not them. It's all unique. This is very specific. Yeah. But these are the words I use in my coaching practice. But over the years, how many years I've been doing this now, I hear the difference in people's voices and I see the difference in their faces when we use different words. Yes.
0: It's so enlightening. And I definitely want to put this in the show notes, like those couple lines, because Yeah, sure. I know that a lot of pet sitters, we have our Google Docs and our manuals and our scripts and things that we just hold on to for when we Mm -hmm. need to say the right thing. Right. And this would be really helpful. So how can a pet sitter or dog walker take care of themselves when they lose a client and how can they deal with their own grief? I mean, we're so into taking care of others and how do we say right things to others? But uh-huh. and, and this also goes, a lot of us, Wendy, we actually have staff. So sometimes us as a business owner, we're right. managing the people, but we don't understand like I have this pet sitter that's seen this dog five days a week for the past three years and this pet exactly. sitter is genuinely very, very sad And so how do I support her? How do I help her support the client and celebrate that relationship? Mm -hmm. You know, like, how do we manage that?
1: Yeah, well, first, I think it's good to have a training so that pet sitters, pet professionals can understand one, the basics of grief. What's normal grief? What's abnormal grief? What to say? What not to say? What are the myths? How to take care of yourself? What to suggest? These are great continuing ed types of courses.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking employee meetings. People are always yes. wondering like, what do I talk about in employee meetings? This could be right. a really great topic. Yes,
1: yes. This could be yes. something
0: really great to include in your training manual, just like as a brief mm-hmm. overview and then something mm-hmm. that can create a moment for the business owner to help coach or right. have a chat with their staff, which in turn makes right. their staff feel like the company actually cares about them. What a concept. Right. right. <laughs> and again,
1: that's, you know, if you have that in your business model yes. and people see that, that your employees have continuing ed in this. Mm -hmm. It's again, it's like, oh, wow, that's really cool. Of course, I'm going to hire them instead of blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But basically taking care of themselves as a pet sitter, as a pet professional, Mm -hmm. It goes in line also with burnout. Yes. How do you not get burned out in the profession? Mm -hmm. I am a big proponent when I go into veterinarians' offices and train their employees and working with other pet sitters and kennel owners is to have a self-care plan. Mm -hmm. Just in general, whether that's getting regular massages, not being online 24-7, just things like that. Because that will also help with being able to set boundaries. One thing you don't want to open up in this is being available for your clients when they are experiencing grief 24-7, because that will drain you if you're not what I call end-of-life safe or pet loss safe. You've got to set your own boundaries to take care of yourself. Dealing with your own grief, again, is being as knowledgeable as you can. You're in the pet biz. You know. You are taking care of Pets through life, death, and beyond. So, having as much knowledge as you can about the subject is paramount, in my opinion. Knowing what your own feelings are about grief and death like, how do you feel about death? You know, Mm -hmm. are you afraid of it as a person? Do you feel like if you talk about it, it's going to happen to you? You know, what are your religious beliefs? Mm -hmm. Do you believe in the afterlife? what are your own feelings of this? And that's important for anybody in the pet profession, I think, to understand and know. Because this is what will keep you centered, being able to have boundaries. So when you're feeling your grief, you don't want to spew it all to your client mm-hmm. and say, oh, oh, my God, yes, I know. I mean, yes, some of that is appropriate, but how much? Mm-hmm. So, again, you know, it's not a quick thing to express and teach today, mm-hmm. but these are some of the things you, as a pet professional, can start looking at. And I would say number one is really dig deep and look at how you deal with your own grief on other issues, not only pet loss, but any type of loss. hmm
0: this is a little off script, but as you're talking, sure. I'm remembering a interview I did about maybe 15 episodes ago, and oh. it was with Holly Cook, who's a pet sitter who dealt with compassion fatigue, mm, and she talks great. about that with veterinarians taking their own lives yes, and how this grief and burnout is kind of like the first steps. It's this event that happens in your life that kind of triggers it and you carry it with you and it gets deeper and deeper and deeper and it eventually leads to compassion fatigue. At least that's my right. interpretation yes. of it. Yes. So I just want to one draw attention to that episode as well, because I think they very much complement each other. And right. if we can really listen to what Wendy's saying, we can help avoid getting deeper into this spiral of grief. And I'm not well versed in how to exactly talk about it, but. Let's be aware that this stuff can really have an immense emotional toll on us as Mm -hmm. caretakers of both the two and four-legged clients. But Wendy, what I also love and that I really want my listeners to listen up to as we reach the end of this interview, you have services that you can offer us pet professionals, and you also have an up-and-coming book. Can you tell us about how we can keep staying up with you and learn from you after
1: this podcast? Yeah, that would be great. My upcoming book is actually for pet professionals. It's Pet Loss Grief for the Pet Professional. So if any of your listeners would like to send me some case studies of what they've gone through and how they've dealt with it, I would love to hear that. So they can contact me through my website, which is www.centerforpetlossgrief.com. Perfect. And when is that book? You're still writing it? I'm still writing it. Yeah. My goal is to have it ready. I'm almost done with the rough draft. So I'm going to say probably June is when it will be available. But I have a lot of other books that would be very helpful for your listeners as well. Okay. And I'm going to offer them at 99 cents for your listeners. Wow. Yeah. All the Kindle versions. There's Uh five books And I'm going to offer them on April 20th and the 21st on Amazon. So you can get those at 99 cents, the regular $6 and 50 cents. So I'm really excited to share that with your people because a lot of what I talked about today about normal grief, abnormal grief, myths, what to say, what not to say are very detailed in those books.
0: That's fantastic. Totally fantastic. So it's just on Kindle. So we go to Amazon and we go to Amazon. I'll send you a link. Okay. That would be great. That would be super great. Well, Wendy, it's been a pleasure getting to know you. And I can honestly say that this is the first time that I've ever had this topic on. I know that we don't talk too much about the psychology. Well, maybe the coaching part of what to do when this happens. We talk about gifts. We talk about what we can give them. Right. But we don't ever actually talk about what we can say. So this has been invaluable. And I really appreciate the time you took to come on and help educate all of our listeners and myself. And I hope to stay close to you in the future. Yes,
1: Bella. I hope so too. I've had a really (laughs) nice time on this podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. Well,
0: everyone, this has been another episode of Bella in Your Business. Remember to subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher. And you can also reach us on Facebook by just looking up Jump Consulting. Remember to always keep jumping. Thanks for jumping with Bella in your business. For more information, free articles, free coaching sessions,
1: and more, go to jumpconsulting.net. And remember, Bella's got your shoot.